The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. A very, very busy show on the way between now and 7 o'clock. My name is Rory O'Hagan. Glad you could join us on the show tonight. Reaction from the Premier Senior Hurling Championship Games last night as we hear from Glen Rovers, Aaron Zone and from Douglas on their wins last night. We're also going to talk ladies football. going to hear from West Cork who set up another meeting with Moran Abbey in the Ladies Gaelic Football Association Senior Football Championship semi-final after they defeated Ahada last night. Also in the show, going to talk to Tomás Soler about Munster's big win today over Connacht. Going to talk to Rob Heffernan of the National Athletics Championships. Going to talk to Cork City boss Neil Fenn of the clash with Shamrock Rovers tomorrow. And we're going to hear from Stephen Kenny ahead of a big week for Ireland. All that and more to come on the Big Red Bench. Rory here with you on till 7pm. Glad you could join us on the show this evening. Of course, Cove Ramblers in action this evening against Dundalk in the FAI Cup. Second half just about to get underway at St. Comans Park. Still all to play for down there. It is Dundalk who lead by a goal to nil. But Cove Ramblers is certainly not out of this game. And it is Lucas Keating who is at uh, St. Comans Park for us tonight. And Lucas, uh, not much to separate the sides in the half bar. Dane Massey's goal. Absolutely, Rory, yeah. Uh, it's been a very competitive opening half here in Coleman's Park, uh, and as you say, nothing much separating the sides. Dane Massey broke the deadlock in the 29th minute, uh, absolutely firing past Sean Barron. Uh, but Ramblers had their chances as well, they had a couple of chances. Uh, Ian Turner from corner really kind of uh, tested the Dundalk's defence, uh, but as you say, nothing much separating the two sides here, so still all to play for. Yeah, certainly so, Lucas. Maybe the goal a little bit disappointing from the Cove Ramblers side, like Dane Massey seemed to get his shot off uh, fairly easily. I think so. I think, uh, you know, they'll probably be a bit frustrated going in in general. I think uh, kind of in the centre of the park, they're giving the ball away easy enough. Uh, you know, I don't know if you could hear on the, the streams, but Stuart Ashton and Deck Holman certainly <laughs> roaring at the lads to get going. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think they'll be a bit frustrated with, with the goal and kind of in general of their first half performance as well. Yeah, so what has to change now for Amber's in the second half, do you think? Uh, I think they need to settle a little bit more. It is bit scrappy um, kind of supporting going forward a little bit uh, obviously Dundalk's quality is is really showing uh, and I think they need to keep pushing keeping physical with them uh, and just hope that they can break them down Alright Lucas thanks so we'll come back to you in a little bit that's Lucas Keating there in St. Comans Park for us uh, watching Cove Ramblers and Dundalk in the FAI Cup second half just underway and it is uh, Cove Ramblers nil Dundalk one thanks to that Dane Massey goal in the first half uh, for the Lily Whites elsewhere today in the second FAI Cup clash of the evening UCD hosting Slugger Rovers that's a 7.45 kick off tonight elsewhere Celtic have beaten Motherwell 3-0 in their Scottish Premiership clash at Parkhead when moves Neil Lennon up to third in the table six points behind leaders Rangers but they also have two games in hand the Irish boss Stephen Kenny reckons that Tottenham have landed a bargain with the signing of fullback Matt Doherty for a reported fee of £15 million the Dubliner has signed a four year contract with the London side where he moves to from Wolves his old club Bowes received 10% of the transfer fee which is close to €1.7 million Euro. Kenny's been explaining why Doherty is such a good signing for Spurs boss Jose Mourinho he took him initially uh, Wolves and uh, did very well and obviously he's pushed on in since that and I think he's pushed on over the last number of years he's been his, his number of assists and goals goal scoring fullback you know and I think uh, if your fullbacks are creating scoring goals it's a real asset and I think uh, it's, it's, it's great value for, for, for Tottenham 
I think it's a great deal for Tottenham. We'll hear more from Stephen Kenny a little bit later on in the show as I'm a pair for a big week in the Nations League. Elsewhere today, uh, speaking of Stephen Kenny, West Brom defender Darrow Shea has been called up to the Ireland squad. Midfielder James McCarthy and striker Troy Parrott uh, both picking up knocks in pre-season with their clubs. They'll be both be assessed Ireland uh, opening up their Nations uh, League campaign in Bulgaria on Thursday. Rugby, the Pro 14 Munster set up a Pro 14 semi-final meeting uh, with Leinster next Friday evening. They'd be connect 49 points to 12 at the Aviva Stadium Chris Clute, Jeremy Lockman Tyg Byrne Andrew Conway and James Cronin all scoring tries for Johan van Graan so Connacht dealt a blow as well in the 25th minute with Abraham Papali say, being sent off for a high tackle on Conor Murray then less than 10 minutes later they got a second Shane Delahunt sent off for leading with a forearm against CJ Stander no arguments with either of the red cards are from Connacht uh, wasn't a great spectacle today but I'm Munster getting the win that they needed to set up that battle with Leinster next Friday. Five day turnaround now for the Reds as they prepare for that semi final. We'll talk to Tomas Larry about that in just a little bit. Uh, elsewhere, La Liga has confirmed that Lionel Messi's 700 million euro release clause is active. The Barcelona captain has requested to leave the club, but interested buyers will have to pay the huge fee in order to activate the early termination of his contract at the Camp Nou. Now, Messi missed a coronavirus test at uh, the uh, Camp Nou this morning, so he will not be able to take part in training tomorrow as a result. Meanwhile, the Women's Champions League final takes place tonight. France's uh, Lyon and Wolfsburg of Germany going head-to-head in St. Sebastian. That kicks off at 7pm. In athletics, Phil Healy has completed a sprint double at the National Athletics Championships in Santry today. The Cork woman winning the women's 200 metres just a week on from taking home gold in the 100 metres Roy McIlroy's three shots off the pace heading into the final round of the BMW Championship in Chicago he'll tee off alongside Matt Fitzpatrick just after 7 o'clock Irish time from two over par the big question is will he finish his round this evening he says he'll leave the tournament early if his wife Erica goes into labour they are expecting their first uh, child in the next couple of days McIlroy says it won't be a hard decision to make I'm just waiting for a phone call I'm going to play in many more tour championships and you know it's only going to be the, the birth of your first child once so um, that trip anything else he's certainly certainly right there best of luck indeed uh, to the both of them Lewis Hamilton has won the Belgian Grand Prix he's finished ahead of Valtteri Bottas and Max Verstappen it's the 89th win of Hamilton's career too short of Michael Schumacher's record of 91 and in cycling Frenchman Julien Alaphilippe has won stage 2 of the Tour de France today Nicolas Rochdan Martin Sam Bennett representing the Irish interests Still, uh, Cove Ramblers nil Dundalk one with uh, 50 minutes on the clock and St. Cummins Park will go back to Lucas Keating in just a little bit on that. Going to talk hurling though. Results last night from the Premier Senior Hurling Championship. Blackrock 4.15. Bishopstown 18 points. Aaron's on 2.15. Newtown Shandrum 1.18. Glen Rovers 2.21. Nipirshik 12 points. In Parky Cueve was Middleton 118. Douglas uh, 22 points. Sarsfields defeating Ballyhead 2.31 to 1.15. And St. Finbar is beating Carrickville 3.25. To 10 points. So, in the knockout stages of the Premier Senior Hurling Championship, the quarterfinals, it'll be Sarsfields versus Aaron's own, Douglas against Blackrock, and the Pearshig against UCC. Uh, Glen Rovers uh, getting a bye into the semi finals. They secured that semi final spot uh, as they defeated the Pearshig at Porky Rin last night. The Glen running out 221 to 12 points. Winners Patrick Horning scoring 13 points. The goals coming from Robert Downey and Simon Kennefick. Evan Sheehan scoring 9 of the Pearshig points. The Glen will now await the winners of the quarter final between Sarsfields and Aaron Zone. Dennis Hurley was there for us last night. Spoke to their boss, Richie Keller. Was it a case of job done? You knew that if he got a win, he topped the group. If he won by enough, you'd have the semi final. Spot and it looks like it's going to be that way. 
Yeah, it, 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 listen, we, we just obviously we came down to, to win the match and to give a performance. See where it took us. Yeah, we, we didn't have the calculators over all of it, but we had one eye on it coming. Yeah, down. yeah. We, we knew what, what, we, what we had to do, but you can't go around and say we're going to win the match by five or six points because that's the day we're going to get caught. Yeah, we came down to performance. See where it took us, and uh, I think it's, it's going to work in our favour. No, to the lads here, it looks like we're going to be top spot. But look, that's just a bonus. You know, yeah, with that, no, it's, it's probably a month till the semi final. You're going to be playing against team who's played a quarter final. Yeah, so it's not all. Uh, a good, you know. Yeah. We're, we're already that, but look, we, we're delighted with tonight. Um, they've been the last couple of things in the Pearshig, and uh, we, you know we have the, we have the slagging rights, and uh, it's a white as we had him. Yeah, he, he hit the ground running like the, the early goal, I suppose, just to put you in driving seat, and he, you know, he, they came back just before half time, but he responded really well. Then three points to start the second half, and never can kind of gave him a sniff of it. No, no, we didn't. Look, there was no let up because um, that's what we wanted, the lads. Look, they're good yeah. runners, and, and if, if when it gets a bit tough, you have to you have to get toughen up as well, and. We want to play to our powers, and that's by just getting get, getting aggressive, getting after the ball, and doing the best we can. And we got that tonight, and we saw the result. When, we, when our performance dips, we can be very, very average. But tonight, we, we played to our strengths, and it worked in our favour. Yeah, um, first half, um, Robert Downey, I suppose he, he got the goal. It was a bit fortunate, but his performance overall, like he he deserved he, he deserved a break like that, like because he he put in a great display in the half back line. Hoggy was was really good. Simon Kenneth, like you'd. A, a lot of good players playing well. Yeah, we they did look. Look, Robertson, the county player, like, and that's the level that he's at. And you can see he's, he's a young man. He's still growing. His hurling is still growing. His confidence is still growing. That he can go anywhere because he was like, majestic tonight. The, the amount of body caught, the aggression he showed. Yeah. He, he, he's look. We're just delighted we have him. He's a big, strong man, and like I guess he's a county player. Yeah. A county player, if he performs like that, and that's what he did tonight. And overall, like three games, three wins. I presume you're a fan of the the group stage system. <laughs> yeah, it is because look, it's a shortened season, obviously. Because of, because of this whole COVID thing, um, but look, it's great because we're playing games and we're focused. We have our county players. It, 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 we're in a mini kind of bubble for the last couple of months, and, and yeah. it's brilliant. Uh, but on the field, and you see, we've got county players there. The young fellas are not watching Patrick Hogg, and they might be an underage match on the top pitch or the bottom. Yeah. pitch they're, they're coming to the car park and they're looking for Hoggy. They're looking for McDonald and Robert and all these fellas. It just builds the whole thing, and, and it, the place is buzzing. And uh, look, we won't get carried away because uh, we've been here before and, and we didn't get over the line. We just need to keep our head down now and focus on semi final and see where we're going to be playing. We won't know for a couple of weeks and build a plan for that and see where it takes us. Okay. That's Richie Kelleher there of the Glen speaking after their win over in the Pierce last night. 221 to 12 points. They'll uh, go straight into the uh, semi-finals now and uh, as I mentioned they'll wait uh, the winners of Sarsfield versus Aaron's own. Alright, there was late late drama in Glantan last night as Aaron Zone advanced to the quarterfinals. A goal from Colin Coakley in injury time saw Aaron Zone salvage a draw against Newtown Chandram. Aaron Zone 215, Newtown Chandram 118. The draw has not seen them progress. Aaron Zone coming from six points down in the second half had to get the result there. Andrew Horgan there for us afterwards. He spoke to a relieved manager, Martin Bowen. So, Martin, uh, how can you summon all that, that action? Well, unbelievable, I suppose. We were dead and buried. Um, we just gambled in the end and we put our centre back up full forward we made switches all over the place we ran four or five players and I suppose the one thing we you know we haven't tolled really well in this championship but the one thing about the group is that they come back from the dead in every match and that is a fantastic trade in any team and we were down 11 points against the Rockies we were down 9 or 10 points against Bishopstone we were down 5 or 6 here with no time left and uh you know, credit to the players. Yeah, show the men's character, uh, as you said, not giving up and fighting until the end. Yeah, well, I suppose the, the old saying is the match is never over until the final whistle. And, uh, you know, look, 
have to be delighted with them. And we are thrilled with the group. We are in transition, and I keep saying that. We have a lot of older lads, a lot of young lads coming in, first experience this year in the championship. And, uh, you know, it's a time to blend the whole team together. They're working very hard, and we can't ask any more of them. And what were your thoughts on the performance overall? Do you think it was a deserved result there? I suppose we stole a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I thought Newton were better for most of the match. Uh, I thought they were, their general player was better. I thought they were, they were quicker to the breaks. Uh, but look, it gives us a whole amount of stuff to work with. We'll take the draw any day of the week. And in terms of the goal, was it Coke Co- Co- League on it, or there was a bit of a debate? You know, Callaghan got it, yeah. yeah. But uh, well, I had no, no <laughs> doubt about the, the goal, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a great goal, in fairness, but it was a lifeline as well. But uh, I th- to me, there was no issue with it. And in terms of you managing the club, like where does that rank in terms of dramatic moments and things like that? Well, I suppose, I suppose uh, the importance of the result to rank well up there with, uh, with, uh, with uh, some of the bigger results. Uh, but look, we want to go into the next one. We know we're playing a fantastic team in UCC who put out the champions. Um, but we'll give it our best shot again and we'll see where that takes us. Yeah, how tough is that going to be in the quarterfinals? It's going to be massive. going to be massive. going to be a huge challenge for our lads. But look, we'll see how they how they react to it and how they take it on. And uh, that's all we can ask them. We know they'll give 100%. So we're looking forward to it. Perfect. And just the final one, in terms of the group stages are obviously now over, what are your thoughts on how the, the structure was I think worked? the structure is fantastic. I think it, it really was. I don't know, maybe the, the way it was planned and... Um, you know, the way it, it has been run off, credit to the board. Uh, like, it has been a difficult year for everybody, but uh, overall, look, it's been fantastic. It's just a pity there wasn't a big Aaron's own crowd here to see it. I should look, I mean, the support is a huge part of it. Um, and, uh, no, the match was live streamed all right tonight, but look, at the same time, with the environment, the health of people is very important, and, you know, you have to accept people can't just come at the moment, so it's unfortunate, but hopefully we'll be around when they come back in next year yeah dead right that's Iron's own boss Martin Bone speaking uh, to Andrew Horgan there for the big red bench last night after that dramatic game against Newtown uh, Iron's own 215 Newtown Standard 118 and he's right nothing beats being there at least the game was there streams people could watch last night as Martin said but Fingers crossed to get back into a stage we can have supporters in at games. Um, just watching the uh, the core Ramblers uh, stream here in the corner of my eye and the place is empty and uh, it would, be, would have been packed um, for the FAI Cup game against Dundalk this evening as most of the grounds last night would have been for the final round of games in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship so fingers crossed we can get back uh, to having crowds at games uh, very very soon uh, indeed elsewhere uh, Douglas uh, knocking out Middleton last night Shane, du- Shane Kingston scoring 10 points they won uh, 22 points to 118 in Porky Cueve Lauren Guilfoyle there for us spoke to Douglas coach Shane Brick Shane uh, it's Today, coming here, you had to obviously get the victory um, in some pretty tense last couple of minutes there, but delighted, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, delighted to come out. Um, coming into the Middleton game, you know, it was a do-or-die game. Um, the lads were very focused, training had gone well, you know, so it was about about producing on the night, but in fairness to Middleton, they were outstanding, um, and it could have gone e- either way at the end there. Middleton started probably that, that little bit better, but you definitely grew into the match as it progressed. Yeah, we had a poor start, but um, <clears throat> fairness to Les, they dug in and uh, they responded well and kept themselves in it to half time. Uh, we hadn't played well, but we felt we were still in with a shout at half time um, and we had a, a purple patch then, you know. But again, look, that ball, either side, a break, and, and it could have gone Middleton's way either on the night, like, you know. In the first half, you were maybe a little bit reliant on Alan Cadigan and Shane Kingston's freeze, but Shane, I suppose, from play in the second half, Brian Turnbull as well, they really kind of turned it on. 
Mm. Ah, yeah, look, it was a real team, a real team performance. Um, the lads really dug in. It was a really tough game, uh, a great championship game. Um, and look, we we're just delighted to come out the right side of it. A real championship game, it was. It was a really tense, kind of skillful affair, despite there being no one here to watch it. Mm. Ah, look, it, it is, it is, it's, it's disappointing. But look, for the players, I suppose we're just delighted that there is a championship, and uh, look, we're delighted with the win. Um, but again, look, all, all it does is qualifies us for the next round. Um, so we'll take stock during the week. Was there anything in particular that you focused on when you looked to Middleton ahead of, of this game? Uh, look, <coughs> they have uh, they have a really nice brand of of, of hurling. They have some top players, um, so it was about look <coughs> keeping an eye on the space maybe. And um, it was a, a real team performance. It was about the unit tonight. Speaking of space, you probably allowed Conor Lahan maybe a little bit too much space in that first quarter. But once you kind of nailed him, that seemed to stop the supply yeah, into Luke Farrell. Conor is always Conor's a top player. He's he's going to he's going to cause you trouble, like you know. So that's nearly a given beforehand, and and it's about uh, us keeping our shape and 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 sticking to what we're good at you know heading into the knockout stage is there anything in particular that you want to clean up I suppose in terms of your performance uh, yeah look we'll, we'll have a look back at the at the game now and, and look there's lots of lots of different areas that we wouldn't be happy with like you know but um, that, that's for another day the group format it was, is it something that you like something that you want to see done again next year what, what's the opinion on that I think look it's been very competitive each game has been very competitive I mean even down to tonight all the games you're, you're looking at scoring averages and all that kind of stuff so it's very exciting and, and uh, look we were happy with it I suppose and, and the fact that we won tonight but um, look it's been very competitive and the fact we have a championship at all is, is great Thanks for- uh, Shane Brick there speaking to uh, Lauren Guilfoyle at the Big Red Bench after uh, they defeated Middleton last night 22 points to one eighteen. common theme seems to be the group stage group form is something that uh, everyone has been enjoying and uh, it's been very, very competitive, particularly in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship, as Shane was mentioning there. Um, every game had something riding on it last night. Very, very close. Uh, I think uh, players enjoying playing uh, very quickly after a, 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 in a short space of time. And uh, it's been a great last couple of weeks uh, for hurling and football. Football final round of games next week, of course. Um, so it's been very, very positive. A lot of very good games and uh, it's been uh, enjoyable watching uh, some of them um, the ones that have been streamed so look it's been a, a massive success and uh, I think it'll be great to see that continue uh, into next year Real, uh, results from the Lower Intermediate Hurling Championship today Kilbritton 22 points Ballygarvin 10 points Russell Rovers 8-17 Barry Rowe 1-12 St Finbar's 1-14 Milford 1-14 Castamarta 5-28 Ballymartel 7 points Tracton 5-12 Granada 2-13 St Catherine's 1-17 Dripsy 1-13 so therefore the quarter-final pairings are Russell Rovers versus Milford Tracton versus Kilbritton and the semi-finals will be Castamarta versus the winners of Tracton Kilbritton and St Catherine's versus the winners of Russell Rovers and Milford and the relegation final will be between Barry Rowe and Barry Martel. Alright, 61 and a half minutes gone at St. Comans Park. Uh, it's still called Ramblers nil. Dundalk won Dundalk. Um, sitting back a little bit in the second half. Core Ramblers trying to get forward as much as they can, uh, but still unable to really uh, threaten uh, Guy Rogers in that Dundalk goal. So half an hour left for Ramblers uh, to try and get back uh, into this game. But there is only one goal at, at St. Comans Park. Alright, going to talk ladies football now. Reaction uh, to the West Cork uh, victory last night. They defeated Ahad in 9.15 to 1.5 in uh, the Cork LGFA Senior Football Championship County semi final in Clodove. West Cork now face Moran Abbey for the third successive year in the final. The big red bench is Jeremy McCarthy spoke to five goal heroine Fiona Keating. Of course, you're overs. 
Fiona Keating, just the five goals tonight, fantastic performance by herself, but an overall team performance to get you into another county final. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've learned a lot from tonight. You know, we left chances behind us again, but, you know, we put up a good score and we knew I had our good team. You know, we saw what they did with Kinsale the last uh, last week, scoring 2-2 in extra time. So we knew they were a diehard team, you know, never give up. But I think we learned a lot here tonight. You know, we'll go back to our training now next week and we'll, you know, practice the mistakes we made and learn from them and prepare for Mornabi in a few weeks' time. How much of Mornabi's score that they put up in the semi-final against a very good Aero team? Was that on your minds tonight? Were you just determined to just... Or just do your own thing, or are you determined to put in or score yourselves? Um, I think, you know, I know any team that scores 11 goals against Herog, you know, are a great team, but we kind of wanted to focus on Ahada first, you know. We weren't looking ahead of anything. We respect Ahada, we do. They'd have to be a big battle to um, pass, but, you know, Mornabi are a great team, you know, the O'Sullivans, and all the, all the great players they have, you know, we uh, respect them as a team, but, you know, we'll work hard now in the next few weeks and look forward to a good battle against them. Uh, five goals is a fantastic return for yourself you kicked a few wides as well so you have a bit to work on I'm sure but uh, we, won't, we won't mention that you must be delighted with that performance uh, yeah sure I suppose you know all the forwards work you know comes from the backs work I mean Melissa and Emma and all the midfielders and all them you know they all played a great game you know we won't get the chance to score if it wasn't for the likes of them so I mean it's not all the forwards take all the credit you know Martina in goal as well she's a great leader and Anya and Libby you know we learn a lot, I learn a lot from them you know being a younger member of the team and it's great to, get, to even get the chance to play alongside them and from what they've been doing the past few years you know their experience and stuff Just finally looking forward to a county final? Yeah I suppose we, I've been part of the losing side the past two years but you know um, we'll work hard now for the next two weeks and you know we'll, we'll work on our mistakes and what we can improve on and in my case my shooting but um, no we look forward to another final in two weeks time That's uh Fiona Keating scored five goals there um, for uh, West Cork last night in their win over at uh, speaking about being disappointed with her shooting um, so it shows you uh, the standards that Fiona is setting but West Cork will now go on uh, and face Morn Abbey in the final uh, Gerald's got a chance to speak uh, to West Cork's uh, Sarah Hayes of Ross Carberry Sarah Hayes congratulations another county final appearance and a pretty emphatic score to get there yeah um, great to be back you know they put it up to us at times but no it is great to be back and against Morn Abbey is where we want to be yeah um, how pleased are you with your own performance I know the forwards put up a, a serious score tonight but you, you were you know, like I had this forward line are no slouches either and you had a lot of hard work to do there this evening yeah I think the backs we all clicked well together and we worked well with each other and we had great voice behind us so and we just clicked it and thank all the forwards pulled it off and, and we got through in the end and I was yeah uh, Mornabi score of 11-12 earlier in the day was that on your minds or were you just intent on doing your own thing tonight um, no, we were just focused on our own game. Like you can't be thinking about that kind of thing when you haven't even crossed the line first. So the first thing was to get over Ahada and we can be digesting that massive scoreline now and we have the chance. <laughs> well, it's clear the two best teams and the two most attacking teams are in the final. It's the third time around. I mean, obviously, Noitz are pretty well, but it's exciting to be back in another county uh, decider. Yeah, like considering we thought that we mightn't have any football at the start of the year and we're back in a county final against Warren Abbey, it's exactly where we want to be. So hopefully it'll be a cracking encounter in a couple of weeks' time. Um, you know each other quite well. It'd be a physical contest and also probably a pretty attacking contest when you see the two scores have been put up. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fair score. But um, no, look, we'll just have to put the heads down and kind of put aside that it is more an abbey and try and focus on our own game but that being said it's easier said than done there an outsiding an outstanding side so hopefully we'll just be able to put it off to them when the day comes 
I mean, this was the aim of the start of the year. Get back to the county final and take it from there. And you've done that and you've been building slowly, but this was a serious performance tonight. Yeah, it was a great performance, really, from 1 to 20, all the girls that came on and everyone on the sideline. And it was a great performance. So hopefully we can bring that now the next day. And we've been performing so far, like last day against Aerog, again today. So hopefully we'll be able to push on and another great performance now against Warnavi the next day. Yeah, it's Sarah Hayes there of Ross Carberry speaking to Gerard last night. Swain over at Hadda, that sets them up to face and we're now, now in the county final in a couple of weeks' time. 67 minutes on the clock of Ramblers nil. Dundalk 1 is uh, the latest score uh, there. So time uh, ticking on down in St. Comans Park. Fingers crossed Ramblers can get a goal to get them right back uh, into this cup tie. It's been very, very close indeed. We'll go back to Lucas Keating on that in just a couple of minutes. He's our man in St. Comans Park this evening. But we are going to turn our attentions now to rugby. Munster setting up a Pro, semi, uh, pro 14 semi-final meeting with Leinster next Friday evening after 49 points to 12 win at the Aviva Stadium this afternoon. Chris Cloyte, Jeremy Lockman, Ty Byrne, Andrew Conway and James Cronin all scoring tries uh, for the Reds. I've been speaking to the big red benches and uh, former Ireland and uh, Munster out half, uh, scrum half, excuse me, uh, Tomás O'Leary uh, about the game and the game against uh, Leinster next Friday. Earlier, Munster booking their place in the semi-final against Leinster with a very convincing win today over Connacht. Uh, to discuss it, the Big Red Bench's own former Munster and Ireland man, Tomás O'Leary, joins us on the line. Tomás, how are you, boy? Okay, Rory, how are you keeping? Not too bad, sir, not too bad indeed, thank you. Um, like, it was a convincing win for Munster in the end against a, a much-changed Connacht side, but probably not the game that Munster would have needed heading into the clash with, uh, with, Le- with Leinster next week. Yeah, it was a strange kind of game, I guess. Uh, it was sort of three or four yellow cards and two red cards, so obviously it was a kind of uh, really stop-start game, particularly in the, the first 50 minutes. Um, obviously, with the space, that caused them 13 men then the last kind of 30 minutes with a lot of, a lot of space, and Munster took full advantage. But I think the, the most pleasing thing that Munster will probably take is that they come out relatively unscathed with, with no injuries, um, and they, they scored seven tries as well, which which any day you, you'll take that. So, um, look, I suppose there's elements of the performance that were kind of dis- disjointed, but that was probably due to the, the disjointed nature of the game in general. Yeah, a lot of penalties in that first half. Neither side could get going. I think it was like 21-16, the penalty count in, in the first half, which kind of uh, disrupted a lot. So the, the referee, Frank Murphy, the busiest man on the pitch, I think, in the first half. Yeah, look, the, I suppose the application of the new laws around the breakdown seems to be um, suiting CJ Stander in particular, and mm. obviously Ty Byrne is, is very, very good on the deck when it comes to the breakdown too, so those two two guys kind of made hay, particularly in the first half, and to be fair to, to Mac Murphy, he probably implemented the letter of the law, and look, that that resulted in, you said, two, two red cards and, and three yellow in the first half, so... Um, look, probably he he wrecked the game okay, I thought, and and you know it's just unfortunate that there were so many kind of uh, offences at the breakdown. But yeah, like it was probably wasn't the best preparation for Leinster. But look, I guess last week's game against Leinster kind of illustrated that you know Munster have a great chance next week, and you know with the likes of Ty Byrne now coming back and adding a bit of strength and depth, and I thought Dayland as well today mm. in the centre. Was decent as well, so he's another game under his belt playing with, with JJ uh, inside him and um, Farrell outside him. So I think that's going to be key next week the battle against Sexton, Henshaw, and Ringrose, um, their midfield against JJ, Diolande, and Farrell. So 
I think how, how that kind of battle goes will go a long way towards um, deciding this game next week. Obviously, Tomas wants to rock this week with the news that RG Snyman had torn his ACL and he's going to be facing a long side on, time on the sidelines. But the return of Byrne and to see him play so well today is the, the boost that they kind of need, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And even Witcherly, alongside him in the second row, I thought he had a very, very good game too. He was very strong in the carry, solid under the, the kickoffs and decent the line-out. But yeah, Ty Byrne was really, really good today. And he obviously a man of the match performance. Um, and like I said, he's like an extra back row um, on, on the deck. Um, so he'll cause Leinster a lot of trouble when he's on the pitch, whether he starts... Um, in the second row starts in the back row or whether they even want the bench to start um, I think you know he's, he's a great addition to this monster squad so it's it's great to see see him come in obviously very very disappointing with a, a signing of, the, of that stature coming over from South Africa and you know five minutes into his his uh, his monster career he's, he's out for the rest of the season so yeah disappointing from that point of view but great to see Ty Byrne back it's a very quick turnaround now for Munster. They have a five-day turnaround before the semi-final on Friday evening. How big a factor is that for the Reds? Yeah, it's it's not ideal. Um, but look, um, look, you can't really utilise it as an excuse at this stage. So it'll all be about recovery um, at this stage. Um, so the lads would have been in, in probably ice baths already at this stage. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the journey down to to Limerick and Cork respectively and it'll be a down day tomorrow recovery day again um, so they'll come together again on Tuesday probably for a, obviously a video analysis um, what they could have done better in the Connacht game and look they would, would have been already analysed Leinster inside out last week so that probably takes a bit of the heavy lifting on, on that side so Tuesday would be a, a light enough day Wednesday will be the, the bulk of their prep work really on the pitch and then Thursday is probably uh, travel up to up to Dublin Thursday night for the game so mm. um, I suppose they've lucky in a way that they've already prepped for Leinster last week and it's just about making little kind of little tweaks and, and, and little, little, little kind of subtleties that they've made have seen from playing against Leinster and try to implement into their, them into their game plan on, on next Friday. And Leinster, I suppose, as well, they're well rested. They made 15 changes for the win over Ulster last night as well, so they're starting 15 league round to go on Friday night. Yeah, I think probably you might see Devon Toner come in to start uh, Friday night, um, you know, with, with the Munster lineouts, um, likes of Peter Manny, Ty Byrne causing them issues, or Snyman the last day, but Ty Byrne probably coming in to, to cause them issues. Um, at line out time so they'll probably put Toner in from the start and I wouldn't be surprised if they start Rob Kearney as well at full back uh, and move Lamar to, to, to the right wing in, in place of Dave Kearney who's obviously injured so um, Rob Kearney probably bring a bit of solidity in the backfield because I thought that's one area that Munster kind of really made uh, a lot of progress was with the high balls and Conor Murray's box kicks so you can see them testing Lamar next week again but I think Rob Kearney might add that little bit of uh, solidity at the back so I think those probably two two guys will come into the starting 15 from the team that, that challenged Munster the last day but look I think um, based on, on last week's performance it probably will be a tight enough game and look if Munster can kind of be a bit kind of more ruthless and, and, and kind of con, con, maybe um, get a few, few when they get into the 22 um, turn those chances into points um, I think they'll have a good chance of coming out on top Alright Tomas thanks a million for that buddy and uh, we'll catch you again soon Thanks Rory
Yeah, seven try win from Munster today. 49-12 against Connacht is how that finished this afternoon. So it'll be Munster versus Leinster in the Pro 14 semi-final on Friday evening. Um, should be an absolute, absolute cracker. All right, still to come on the show, we are going to hear from the Ireland boss, Stephen Kenny, ahead of the Nations League. We're going to talk to Cork City boss, Neil Fenn, ahead of the FAI Cup tie against Shamrock Rovers. Tomorrow we're going to talk at Netflix with Rob Heffernan and we're going to get an update from St. Cummins Park. Stick with us on the Big Red Bench. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. All right, so uh, you're joining us on the Big Red Bench on this Saturday evening and some drama down at St. Cummins Park. Lucas Keating, what's happened? It is Rory. Dundalk have a penalty and they're just taking it. And it's a goal, Dundalk 2, Cove Ramblers nil. Uh, really probably against the run of play in the second half. Cove came out probably the stronger two teams pushing to get the equaliser. Uh, but Dundalk have gone two goals ahead now. Um, and really a lot of drama from that. Probably looked at a soft penalty from where I was. And the reaction from the Cove players probably said it as well. Yeah, just watching it back here, Lucas. I mean, the stream is obviously about a minute or so behind uh, live action. And suggestion from the Cove Ramblers players that the Dundalk player might have died for that one. Yeah, certainly, and I, I could see Sean Barron running to the linesman as well to, to tell the linesman have a word. Uh, I was at the, the opposite the opposite end of the stadium, and I thought it looked like a dive uh, myself. And obviously, the reaction from players, uh, as I said, probably said enough. But it was given, and they've scored it. Uh, David McMillan with the goal uh, puts them two goals ahead now, with about nine minutes to go. And as you mentioned, disappointing because, I mean, like, Co-Ramblers were the better team that second half. They were taking it to Dundalk. Maybe haven't tested the keeper as much as they would have liked, but yeah, as you say, just against them on the play. I think so. Uh, Cameron Harrelson obviously came on. He was a substitute, and I think he probably made a bit of a difference. Uh, physical presence, very quick, uh, and really kind of getting on the end of a lot of crosses coming into him. Probably half chances overall, but, but beginning to kind of test and push on a little bit. Yeah, disappointing stuff. Thanks that, Lucas, to come to you again a full time, which will be in about uh, 16 minutes or 30 minutes time there or thereabouts. Cove Ramblers, uh, nil Dundalk 2 is how it currently stands. It's St. Cowan's Park in that FAI, FAI Cup tie. And as Lucas mentioned, uh, definitely uh, the f- uh, second goal coming against the run of play. All right, the National Athletics Championships taking place this weekend. Colin's been in chatting with the Olympian and all-around legend uh, Rob Heffernan about the game, uh, about the, uh, the championships I should say about the Olympics about how Covid is impacting um, sport in general so this is Colm's chat with Rob Heffernan Athletics wise, the National Athletics Championships taking place up in Dublin at the Morton Stadium. Cork's very own Olympic athlete is Rob Heffernan, and Rob is coaching a lot of guys at the moment. Team Hef, as he calls them, and you might see them on his Instagram all the time, out there running around the place, and uh, he puts all the lads through their paces the whole time. And it paid off yesterday, Rob, because it was a pretty good day for Team Hef. Yeah, Colum was great. Um, I, the, the lads, to be fair to him, they, they missed nothing throughout you know, this whole pandemic. They train really, really hard and just having the opportunity to race now and races opening up, they're, they're just buzzing and they're, they're so kind of appreciative of the opportunity to get out and compete. And um, they finished first, second and third yesterday in the, in the men's race. And Sean Doyle finished eighth in the 10K run. He a PB by a minute and 10 seconds. And another guy in the group finished fourth in the 5K last week. And one of the girls who helps the lads as well, she won the women's race. So, you know, just a really positive, really positive vibe now amongst the whole team, you know. Fantastic. And uh, Callum Wilkinson is one of the lads you're mentioning there. He broke a record yesterday as well. He's a Cork-based guy that you train. And he broke a record, didn't he? 
He did. He uh, Callum Callum moved to Cork last year. He made a huge jump. He left like left a really professional setup over in the UK, and he asked me to coach him. And um, he broke a thirty-one-year-old British record yesterday on the track, and uh, it was in in his Hawker AC singlet. So it was a nice one because I threw up two pictures yesterday. I wore the same singlet when I broke the Irish record back Brilliant. in two thousand and eight, and for a British man to win to win an Irish title, being being coached by a Hawker man, it was a uh, it was a nice one, you know. Oh, that's fantastic, Rob. And uh, they were all delighted with themselves, so were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. The, the lads, the, they're all going to the Olympics next year. So um, yesterday, it, it was just nice from, you know, I think throughout the whole pandemic, you know, the uncertainty of everything. And I think it's a testament to their, their work ethic and they didn't miss anything. And, and, and the fact that they kept going and just, you know, to get, to get some reward for the work that they've put in the last six months is great yesterday so it's a it's very positive moving forward and for next year going to Tokyo obviously the Olympics in Tokyo postponed 12 months it, it should have been on this summer um, as a guy who's gone to the Olympics before how does that throw off an athlete's preparations Rob? It, I think like day one when when it happened Colm I, th- I think it's kind of harder for an athlete if they're injured because you know stuff is out of your control but in this scenario, it was the same situation for everybody. So we kind of had, from day one, we said, okay, every, nobody's going to the Olympics. This is the same for everyone. So we're going to try to improve your attributes as an athlete. You know, we're going to try and get fitter. We're going to try and get stronger. And when the Olympics go ahead next year, that you're going to go one year stronger and you're going to be even more prepared. So there was no... Um, the, the lads were really motivated. Like they, they, We set some challenges throughout the last six months and they were breaking PBs and kind of... Um, in just in, in time trials and stuff like that so we have to kind of look at it as a positive sense everybody's affected by this so you can lie down and give out about it or you can you, you can approach it with a positive mindset and, and that's what we did and it's like going, we're going to work on things and we're going, to, we're going to be better we're going to be stronger next year you know and it's going to be a busy year for you as a coach now Rob with all these guys uh, coaching them and preparing them for the Olympics and drawing on your own experience of being at the Olympics in the past as well yeah, it is. It's a uh, they're they're going to Lithuania, you know, in three weeks the race, and um, it's manic because obviously I'm still, you know, I I'd love to be, you know, a full time professional involved in the sport, but it's still, you know, I'm just a volunteer coach. But yeah. it does take up so much time, and but it, but it's a uh, it's great, Colum. You know, I love it, and I love I love the group that I have. I love the boys are completely professional about their, their their approach and they're a hundred percent they're a hundred percent in so there's a really um there's a really positive return off of that as well to be working with athletes like that you know and while being really serious about the coaching it looks like you have great crack as well because i always watch your instagram stories and you're driving the lads on but you're having fun as well rob and anyone who, who follows you on instagram will see that yeah you have that the lads the lads train so hard column like like they they train twice a day and like even one of the lads there, Sean, he's, he's a pharmacist um, he's from Charleville and he's up running at six in the morning and he'd, he'd come up here to train at night time and like they could be training up to 100 miles a week so you have to have you have to have fun and you have to have a good team around you to enjoy kind of going to work, I think in any situation so they're training so hard if they're not going to enjoy it it's just going to be a miserable existence so you try to get that balance, you know, that, you know work hard but Try and enjoy yourself as well. Try and you know keep it keep it positive. You know, brilliant. And just finally, Rob. Obviously, just like all sporting events, the, the National Athletics Championships, it's behind closed doors, and um, the same as soccer matches are and GA matches and rugby matches and so on. Uh, how did you find that over the weekend? Was it was it a very different setup because of COVID? Yeah, um, it was strange. You know, it's uh, I, I think 
I think it was tough. Like, like obviously, the, the likes of Mark English and Nadia Power didn't get to compete in the championships. I think, you know, mm. there needs to be a little bit of flexibility in the rules. And, like, while we have to be compliant with the rules, you know, you have to be a bit flexible as well. Like, like we watched the race yesterday from the corner of the track and there was, you know, there's 30 people nearly trying to squeeze up to a gate and with masks on and you see a big empty stadium and it actually it actually ends up people being close to more close together yeah. than in that scenario doesn't it so I mean there, yeah. there does need to be a bit of flexibility I was talking about that on the show yesterday because we see in England now they're, they're, they're trialling having socially distanced crowds at matches and things so they really need to do the same here Rob don't they? Absolutely I think like when you look at a stadium and with common sense and I think most most good people are you know they're trying to do the right thing and if you looked at the stadium yesterday and you could spread easy spread a couple of hundred people out and keep them a couple of metres apart you know even five metres apart you know but what happens when people are restricted to try to find a way and you know and, and it can end up kind of backfiring to a degree you know so yeah the, the need they need to yeah I, I suppose things are changing the whole time but um yeah, that was one thing we noticed now yesterday. You know, there was a lot of people squeezed up to a gate trying to watch the races and uh, it was it was a bit ridiculous, like, you know. <laughs> well, hopefully they address that and hopefully we do get crowds back at sporting events sooner rather than later. Listen, Rob, thanks a million for chatting to us and uh, well done on everything yesterday. Thanks, Colum. Thanks very much. Yeah, great. Always, as always, to hear from uh, Rob Heffern there in conversation uh, uh, with Colin about the National Athletics Championships, Team Heff. The Olympics, COVID, uh, very, very good stuff uh, indeed. All right, less than five minutes now to go in St. Commons Park to cover Ramblers Nil Dundalk 2. Um, a lot of people saying that there was a dive from Kelly for the penalty for the uh, the second Dundalk goal. I've seen it uh, on the stream a couple of times. Uh, it looked like there was absolutely zero contact. The referee uh, made no hesitations in pointing to the spot. Uh, and awarding uh, a penalty for Dundalk very very harsh on Cove Ramblers but I can't imagine uh, Stuart Ashton uh, will be too happy about uh, the awarding of that penalty the Cove Ramblers players uh, certainly weren't uh, Sean Barron was uh, the goalkeeper giving out uh, to the referee uh, and to the linesman a number of players uh, surrounding the, the referee as well saying that it was a dive there was no contact there but say la vie it is Cove Ramblers now Dundalk too uh, in that FAI Cup tie speaking of the FAI Cup uh, Cork City heading to Shamrock Rovers tomorrow evening a big big task for the Rebel Army against the Holders quarter to six the kick off time for that one Cove has been in conversation with City boss Neil Fenn alright so we're here with Cork City manager Neil Fenn Neil uh, break from the league this weekend a big game in the cup against Shamrock Rovers um, I suppose the last round of the cup got through against Longford high drama last minute winner so how are you feeling about the game this weekend yeah, good. We're feeling um, we're feeling that we've got to go up there and with a little bit of a point to prove. We're hoping it doesn't go to extra time or penalties, but we're we're going up there with 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 confidence and, and trying to put the record straight and trying to put things right from the last time we were there. It's probably the toughest draw you could have got in the cup. Uh, Shamrock Rovers are the league leaders, they're the cup holders, and they're in a, a good run of form. Um, it's going to be a really tough game up there. Yeah, it will be tough, but it, at the stage we're at at the moment, every game, every game's been tougher. So there's no easy games, like you say. They're they're, they're in a good run of form, but the last couple of games have drawn nil nil. Um, they've got a big European game Thursday, and a big Dublin derby the following Saturday. So you know, I'm sure that as much as they'll be they'll be welcoming us there to the ground, that, that we they know we won't make it easy for them, and they know it's going to be difficult too. The FA Cup is a, is a great competition. It's a competition Cork City have won many times over the years. Shamrock Rovers are called the Cup specialists over the years as well as the holders, as we say. But you're in a real battle in the league, a battle for survival now in the league at this stage. It's pretty obvious after the, the recent results last weekend, the way they went. Um, is the Cup a bit of a distraction, do you think? Or is it a trophy you still want to go out there and win? Or, or would you rather be concentrating on the league? 
Um, I think we, you know, we as much as we we want to go there and we don't want to get beaten away to Rovers, we want to win the game. I think that if, if we're being honest, the, the most important game for us is the Shells game on Saturday. You know, that's a game that we 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 feel we can't lose. So Rovers is a, is a game we'd like to do well in the cup. We'd like to go up there and win it. We'll play our, our strongest team. We'll, we'll give it a good go. So we're going up there. Like I say, we're going up there to try and win the game. It's a knockout competition. Anything can happen on the day. Um, so. You know, we're just we can't be worrying about Shelbourne at the moment. Our next game's our next game. We'll just go up there and try and win it. How was the mood in the squad this week? Obviously, we were talking last week. The mood was pretty good going into the Derry game after two good wins. A really good win against Sligo and the win of the cup against Longford. But then a bit disappointing up in Derry last week. A tough trip and a, and a tough result after taking the lead. So, how's the mood been in training this week? It's been good. You know, it, obviously, the, the, and, and the result with Finarps after it didn't go well for us. But like we said to the boys before the game, that don't get carried away because you've won a game or two. You know, this is going to be a season of it's a strange season. There's ups and downs. There's there's teams beating other teams all over the place. Um, if you get a couple of wins together, then you'll shoot up the league. But also, if you get a couple of losses and a, and a couple of draws, you're back down again. So we can't be too high about it. We can't be getting carried away of ourselves and, and thinking we've cracked it if we win. But also, we can't be throwing everything out of the our plan out of the window just because we because we conceded two goals in in a short space of time away to Derry. You know, we have to focus on what we've been doing, believe in the players, believe in ourselves, in what we're trying to achieve, and I'm sure the results will come. You got some new strikers in over the last couple of weeks. Um, Simpson made his debut last week Scott Fennick as well and Kit Elliott who scored in the Sligo game but the club have announced now Kit Elliott has left the club again and gone back to Huddersfield what's after happening there? Yeah he injured his knee in the, in the Sligo game which is you know really unfortunate I thought he did really well against against um, against Sligo but he's out he's going to be out for six to eight weeks so, so by the time the season is finished yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time, and, and, and by the time that's you know it's done he's, he's gone so they want, him, they want him back and get him back treated and try and get him fit any other injuries uh, this week Joe was taken off uh, Joseph Alou last week against Derry how's he shaping up yeah he's got a, a bit of a hamstring strain so he's going to be out for a, a good few weeks as well so, which is which is a blow you know th- those two boys have done really well since they obviously only played one game but Joseph's done really well in, in the defence there and he'll be a big loss for us you're a year in the job this week Neil um, here at Cork City how have you found us both I suppose on a personal and professional level um, I've really enjoyed it I'll start saying I've really enjoyed it you know I've, I've loved every minute I've loved being out on the on the pitch and, and training with the lads and it's been tough it has been difficult as well you know obviously the results haven't gone as, as to plan as, as I would have liked and gone as well as I would have liked but you know there's, there's, there's factors involved in that but definitely I've enjoyed every minute of it is it tougher than you thought the job would be? Um, I knew it was going to be tough don't get me wrong it was going to be a tough job it's probably not gone as well as I would have hoped I would have liked a few more wins obviously but you know you throw into the middle of that Covid in the middle of it all doesn't help one little bit strangest season ever yeah yeah. it's been a tough it's been a tough you know after after building a squad at the start of the season for 40 40 matches 40 odd games to then half it um, and have to rebuild a squad more or less again with players It's it's just been tough it's been a strange a strange season and a strange year just finally uh, the game is on Monday obviously against Rovers this week we were speaking outside earlier it, it's a game you've preferred maybe to have on the Saturday or Sunday but obviously Rovers are in action uh, Thursday night as well so I mean it's it's they pushed it out to the Monday probably against your wishes yeah Rovers wanted it played on the Monday obviously because they're, they're playing in Europe on the Thursday we we felt that we didn't want to travel to Dublin or we shouldn't have to travel to Dublin twice in a week for a game that could have been played on the Sunday we played away in Waterford on a Saturday and played in the Cup on a Tuesday. No difference between playing Thursday and Sunday. So, but the FEI um, pushed it out to the Monday, which is, you know, we're not happy about it, but it's not a lot we can do about it. That's Cork City boss Neil Friend there in conversation uh, with uh, Cullum. Um, ahead of tomorrow's clash with Shamrock Rovers in the FEI Cup.
Uh, best luck to Cork City. As Colin mentioned, uh, Neil Finn's been in the job a year already, uh, which doesn't uh, feel like a year. It's been a very, very quick, uh, <laughs> very quick year. I was shocked uh, to hear Colm say that, but best of luck uh, to Cork City as they look to pull off uh, an upset and defeat the holders tomorrow in Tallinn. No such upset going to happen at St. Commons Park, uh, approaching full-time there, uh, Lucas Keating. Uh, that uh, penalty seemed to suck the life out of Ramblers and it looks like it's going to be done dark going to progress Absolutely yeah no upset coming as you say uh, still 2-0 here with just uh, the last couple of minutes going and, and really done dark uh, have just settled the game down slowed it down uh, and look like they're, it's going to finish 2-0 um, nothing else has really happened no major Chris Hull moments as, as we saw over the last number <laughs> yeah. of years there which we, we probably needed Um so yeah, it does look like Dundalk will go through here. And a lot of um, disappointed, I suppose, Ramblers staff and I suppose uh, people in the ground as well. Given that that Dundalk second one, it was a dive from Kelly, it seemed like, and the reaction Twitter suggests it was a dive as well. So a tough one for Ramblers to take as they were right in the game up until that point. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's probably a sign of where the club is and where they, they want to go as well. The fact that they are very disappointed uh, from this game. Uh, you know, Dundalk coming down, obviously champions of Ireland. Uh, and Ramblers were very confident going into the game, looking to really put it up to them. So probably a sign of where they are. Uh, they wanted to test them, themselves against a primary division team. Obviously, they want to be up there. Um, but as you say, yeah, disappointing. Obviously, the situation with the penalty as well is going to add to the frustrations <laughs> yeah. there. All right, Lucas, thanks for that. That's Lucas Keating there in St. Commons Park. Uh, just a couple of seconds left uh, in that game. They're well into time added on, but uh, unless something very, very dramatic happens in the next 60 seconds, it'll be done dog progress uh, in the FAI Cup. All right, uh, big week for Ireland as uh, they prepare for the Nations League kicking off their campaign in Bulgaria on Thursday. Stephen Kenny held his uh, press conference earlier on today to discuss uh, the big week ahead and uh, to discuss um, at the Hardy's transfer to Spurs a lot of things as well so this is what uh, the Ireland boss had to say well, A couple of uh, injury updates is that uh, yeah, James McCarthy is, is travelling in today and I think uh, um, so we'll assess him and see how he is obviously midweek he played for Crystal Palace and just a, just got a knock on the back of his leg really just a tackle and um, he was quite sore after it so we'll assess it today and see how he is Um you know, I know James is very keen to come back and play for Ireland. It's been a few years now since he's played, and I know, you know, he'd be a huge addition to us, no doubt. Also, Troy Parrick got injured yesterday in in the game uh, for Millwall, so picked up an injury and um, uh, will has travelled this morning. So we'll have a scan in the afternoon, and we'll see the extent. We just pulled up just sort of a tight muscle, so we'll see how that is. Obviously, time is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to assess the, assess the injury. It's only a short space of time, so we'll have to see how it is. And in terms of calling players up? Yeah, we we have added Darryl O'Shea to the squad. Um, you know, so he's, you know, just Darryl has obviously come through the ranks of under 15 right through every year. and um, He's shown himself very capable of playing in all four positions really with West Brom last year he's a centre half really who's played right to the ranks of centre back he's played right back for a good bit of his season left back then towards the end of the season for West Brom so we just with one or two uh, other injuries and strains and so forth we've just um, given ourselves that additional cover 
with Dara coming in as ability to f- play the four positions is um, is is an asset. You know, interesting move for Matt. He's he's been a tremendous uh, servant to Wolves. Really, he's been um, he's had a great great ten years there. Been in League One with them after moving from Bohemians, and uh, I think uh, um, you know credit to you know Mick McCarthy took him initially at Wolves and. Uh, you know did very well and obviously um, he's pushed on in since that and I think he's pushed on over the last number of years he's been really his, his number of assists and goals goal scoring fullback you know and I think uh, if your fullbacks are creating scoring goals it's a real asset and I think uh, it's, it's it's great value for, for, for Tottenham I think it's a great deal for Tottenham you know obviously it's been strange times with Due to uh, COVID and so forth, and uh, everyone has had to adapt, and um, you know a lot of people have made much greater sacrifices than we've had. So, but you know, at the same time, we do have to adapt, and we've got it. We're delighted to get the opportunity to go to Bulgaria this week. Obviously, they're not on the green list for travel country, so that was in in jeopardy, and we're delighted to, to be able to get the opportunity to go and come back and play Finland on Sunday. I think it's. Uh, it's a it's an exciting start for us, and uh, no, where we are, we're really looking forward to it. Thanks, Nathan. Right back has been a particularly strong position for Ireland. Uh, it's probably the strongest out of all the positions because Sardish Christie has had a really good, strong end of season at Fulham, and we could actually have four right backs in the Premier League next year. Between Matt Doherty, Seamus Coleman, Sardish Christie, and Darrow Shea, so which is unbelievable, really. And uh, that's that's um, that's con- it's quite conceivable that that could happen, and I think uh, um, so. It is an area, Matt, um, obviously very undervalued by Ireland. Probably only three competitive starts for Ireland. He's twenty eight years of age, so I think that's it's quite a stark statistic, really. And I think, uh, but, but at the same time, Seamus has been an outstanding player for Ireland uh, for a number of years, and yeah, a brilliant captain. So. It's a good position to be in. Have you decided on a formation at this point? You know, yes, you know, yes, I have. But obviously, I've been discussing that with the players, and we're working on it on the training ground during the week. We'll outline how we want to play for sure, and we'll work on it over the next two days. Not a lot of time to prepare, but clearly, we'll maximise the time that we have, um, and uh, you know, we'll enjoy the time that we have. And we, you know, we, we're lucky we have the players in this afternoon. We can work on. Uh, we can outline how we want to play this evening uh, and spend the next two days working on on the training ground how we want to play and and um, and how how Bulgaria you know will play against us so that's uh, you know that's something to look forward to yeah in, in general then would you say attacking is probably the one theory that needs most development because I think it was just seven goals scored in the last part yeah and in the you're right in the six games between Denmark and Georgia and Switzerland just four so and and you know three of them were in the, the late rallies you know which, which is a positive thing which you want to continue that's you know that was uh, that was the positive side of the campaign you know sort of uh, the team never gave up and, and uh, you know kept going but I think uh, yeah it's an area of improvement for sure I think we, we you know we want to create more chances to score more goals that's without doubt um, you know that, that has to be the objective uh, but we have to get the balance right, you know. I think, uh, you know, we have to get the balance right, and that's what we'll be working on. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, really looking forward to the uh, start of the, the Stephen Kenny era, era even, and looking forward to that game against uh, Bulgaria on Thursday night. Alright, uh, that's pretty much it from us uh, for the Big Red Bench uh, for you on this uh, Sunday evening. Glad you could join us on the show tonight. Uh, disappointment, the full-time whistle gone in St. Commons Park as well. Co-Ramler is nil Dundalk too, but that penalty award in the second half for Dundalk will be the main focus as uh, Kelly went down um, um, before Dave McMillan um, converted uh, it looked like a dive from Kelly so it'll be uh, interesting to hear the reaction from Stuart Ashton after that game but um, Ramblers uh, certainly not out of their depth or out of their league against Dundalk on St. Cummins Park today. Best look to Cork City in tomorrow evening's uh, tie against the holders Shamrock Rovers uh, in Tala at quarter to six. Right, our podcast will be online shortly on redfm.ie and from wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, we're back next Saturday from uh, six to seven and uh, Sunday as well. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Big Red Brent. Big Red Brench. The Big Red Bench at Big Red Bench. There, I did it. Green and Red's next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.